Social Strategy Podcast, episode 18. Oh, yeah. Welcome and to the listen Social Strategy to the Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. Bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. So today, I have a very special guest. All my guests are very special to me, but this one was really fun for me. I met Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour at New Media Expo in Vegas. Now, I've been talking to Michael, you know, back and forth, online, on Twitter, on Facebook, stuff like that, for a while, but... You know, you never really get a chance to make that connection with people until you actually really meet them in person. And conferences, my friends, are the best way or is the best way to do that. Hands down. It was so much fun meeting Michael. Michael has an amazing story and just an interesting background. You know, he basically came back from tragedy, which we really don't get into in the show, but you know, came back from tragedy and basically nothing coming from, you know, the corporate world and the six figure job and basically going out on his own and realizing the exact moment when he became unemployable. He's got an amazing story, lots of knowledge in social media, web design, creative design, just about anything you can think of technology wise. Michael O'Neill is one of those guys that is going to know his stuff and it shows in his podcast in the way that it's designed, the way he delivers the information, the solopreneur hour. And I am just pleased to bring Michael to the show. So this this episode, we're going to talk about, you know, a lot of the things that Michael's done as far as the show and what he recommends and uh, what he recommends for you as far as your own business is concerned. Not even just, you know, if you run a podcast or a show or something like that, but just in general, what things you should be doing and what kind of things you should work on stuff like that so this was a real fun episode had a lot of um, just really enjoy talking to michael and i hope that you guys enjoy it and i will see you on the back end hey guys this is vernon ross and welcome to the social strategy podcast bringing you the best of online business social media and good old-fashioned networking and today got a a buddy of mine that I met at New Media Expo this past January, Michael O'Neill. Michael, what's up? How's it going, Vern? Oh, man, you know, it's going. Duh. Good. I'm uh, having a wonderful day here in San Diego. Yeah, with plumber stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, I've got a dude. So I've got a guy outside of my window just before we started recording that started running a jackhammer. Just was a right outside my window. And I said, dude, I'm really sorry, but you got to hold on to that for a little bit. Uh, I got to record. Uh, no, that's awesome. I'm like, I have a whole studio up here and you're right outside of it with a jackhammer. So you got to give me a minute. Uh, that's crazy. So yeah, it was pretty funny. That's crazy. Yeah, was I, was, uh, I was talking to Cynthia, Cynthia Sanchez from the... Uh... Also, interesting podcast. A little earlier, my dog just starts wailing for no reason. I'm like, "There's nobody at the door. Would you please be quiet?" That's why I, I strongly advocate anybody that has a podcast that they get a mixer instead of trying to do it all with software and like Skype call recorder. That they get an actual mixer because then you can hit mute and you can, you know, kind of like I have a cough 
right now. We're going to talk, and I have a cough, and I'm going to do my best to, uh, you know, try to prevent as much as possible you guys hearing my cough because that, I have a mute button. So that's it's all awesome. good. All right. So, you know, I wanted to talk to you, man. You've got a lot of stuff going on. And you've got a really interesting background. I just kind of wanted to dig a little bit into, you know, kind of how you got into not necessarily just the podcast, but the other things that you're doing and how you're breaking, I would say, breaking away from just podcasting to more of the business end of it, because I think you have a really good handle on that outside of what I see. No, just from talking to a lot of people that are in podcasting and just in business in general, they've, they're at that point where they know they want to do something, but they don't know quite how to put it together. And from what I've seen and just you know, following you since the show launched back in, I think it was like October of last year, maybe August of last year, you know how to implement. And I think it'd be really interesting just to get your take on how you implement and kind of where that all comes from. Yeah, I think having a successful podcast or a successful business is, it feels to me like it's about 15% content and the other 85% is knowing how to market market it and get it in front of people, you know? Right. So, um, you know, I, I think that like literally the easiest part of my week is recording and like actually doing the show because it's, you know, I'm and I'm probably putting, uh, we tried to do the math the other day, probably like between four and five hours per episode uh, overall, like between getting everything booked, doing the interview itself, uh, or recording the show and then, you know, which is two hours. And then the next three are all various marketing things like in Photoshop, you know, creating images for it and making sure it's on Pinterest and Instagram and, uh, Facebook and Twitter and a lot on Twitter. I've been very heavily invested in, in Twitter, um, because that's really where most of the, the new listens are coming from. So, um, as far as how I got started with it, I was a web guy. I started 1994 as a, as a web uh, designer and developer. And uh, I sort of specialized in being a generalist all through the 90s. And uh, right around the uh, new millennium, I started working uh, for a, a couple of design agencies around Boulder, Colorado, where I lived. Mm -hmm. And uh, really dug a lot into PHP and MySQL and and then the overall design aspect, I was really into it. Um, and then somewhere around 2002, I started becoming unemployable because I, I, I worked on my own. Uh, I left the agency work. I worked on my own for about three years and then um, got, ended up as a got, – got recruited off the couch basically by a Fortune 500 company to go be their creative director. And uh, I – it was great. I got paid a lot of money and I hated it. <laughs> it was like, it was, I realized at that point I was fully unemployable. So really since like 2005 uh -huh. is when I was the last time I had a job, if you will. And uh, ever since then, it's just been a build and really immersing myself in, in the industry and in social media, especially social media, um, and relationship building with it. And so I, once I launched the podcast, it, it made sense for me to kind of bring that whole background to, to how to market a podcast. Right. When did you know, like, do you remember the moment that you're like, Oh, this sucks. I'm out of here. Yeah, I do. I remember the moment I became unemployable. Like I, there was a, uh, I was at this software company and I had, I had been recruited by this company and there was over 300 applicants for this particular job. And I got it. It was a, like a three month interview process. I'd asked for a certain amount of money. They paid me more than I asked for, which I think is the first time in the history of corporate America that's ever happened. 
And um, and it was a it was a director level position at a Fortune 500 company. It was like a big deal for me in my career, you know. And uh, I had this guy that was the head of their software division, and he had made a call. I'd been working on um, a revision of uh, the website and a lot of the logo and branding stuff for the company because that's what I was. That's what I did. That was my job because I was the creative director of the company. And this guy behind my back had made some calls and some changes to the stuff that I had done. And I got so PO'd. I was so pissed at this guy that I stormed into his office and I said, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just, well, I don't know what I said, but I was a jerk. And, uh, and I remember, and he was sort of stunned by it because it was really not protocol, you know, to go in and yell at somebody. And he, was, he wasn't my senior. We were technically on the same level, but he'd been there longer. So he had seniority. And um, I remember that that had such like that whole moment. I remember leaving there going, oh, my God, there's no way that I can. How can I work for these people anymore? You know, and I just knew it. I knew that I was unemployable at that moment. Um, so that was a quick decline from that point. <laughs> that job had a very quick decline. And then I was out of there. So it was funny. But, yeah, that was it. I've been unemployable ever since. Awesome. What was the first thing you did when um, outside of the, the design work? What was the first thing you did? Um, you launched a, a social media course. You have a, a social media ninja tactics class. Right. And I think that's almost the correct name, right? It is, yeah. It's so um, in 2009, I connected with a a network marketing company that's a, like a health and wellness company, and um, I grew my business so quickly with social media. Um, I'd never done one before. I'd never knew anything about that world, and but I I just read Crush It. I totally got it. I got exactly what he was trying to say, and it was something that I'd thought but hadn't really been able to articulate in the way that Gary did. Mm -hmm. And so I read that book and. That industry still to this day is terrible at any I, I don't know if you guys have ever been around any network marketing people, but I, I call them the ask me how brigade, which is just like, <laughs> oh, you can blah, 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 ask me how. And it's just oh, the worst. Funny. It's the worst possible way to market a product or a service. But the, the people that are brand new to it, like it's some housewife that doesn't know anything about marketing or how, you know, branding or relationship building. She's just doing what the company tells her to do. And the companies don't know what they're doing. Like they really have very little, there's a couple that have some idea, but most have no idea because they're sort of rooted in this, um, this baby boomer generation. And so since I didn't, uh, since I liked the industry itself, I didn't think it has the black eye that of pyramid scheme that I think a lot of people think it does. Because mm -hmm. um, I think if you find a good company and good products, then it's great. You know, but you don't. Not everybody has to build their own, you know, spaceship. So I I, uh, I started doing this and I built my business really quickly with Facebook. I think I enrolled 120 people into my business just through Facebook alone. So. The, the higher-ups at the company said, hey, we've been watching what you've been doing with social media. Would you be willing to share that with the rest of the field? So I said, sure. So then we created this thing called the Social Media Roadshow, and I went uh, to 17 different cities. I traveled all over the country and taught people how to use social media to grow their network marketing business. Well, that sort of evolved because at some point I realized that a network marketer is just like any other what I would call a solopreneur, which is um, solopreneurs are... Like entrepreneurs are, are trying to build a business typically, whereas a solopreneur is just trying to build a life of time and financial freedom. They don't necessarily want a big business or a bunch of people running around. They just want to have some passive income coming in. So 
that to me reminded me of a real estate agent or a personal trainer or mm -hmm. an actor or a comedian or even a doctor. I mean, those are all technically solopreneurs. And so I modified my uh, social media training course, which I had built at the end of that long tour. I sort of refined the teaching processes and then made this online training course on how to use social media if you were a solopreneur. And um, that was my first kind of big product launch. And I did that in 2010. Uh, and then I've just did, done another revised version last year in 2013. And I'm actually getting ready to do another version in 2014 because things move pretty quickly in the social media world. Right now, with, with, with the first course, when you introduced it, how long, how, how did you do it? Because I've heard how you've done it, and I thought it was pretty interesting on how you actually implemented what you had, like the technical um, part of it, how you filmed it, how you recorded it. Um, well, I'm not, well I'm, not, I'm not totally positive what you're asking here, but I, the very first iteration I did was um, I recorded it with my iPhone. I mean, yeah. it was, <laughs> yeah, I did it with my iPhone uh, as a camera. I picked up a um, Audio-Technica ATR3350, I think, which is a little um, lavalier that you can plug into your yeah. iPhone if you have a little adapter cord. So I had like right. a little lavalier, and then I basically outlined the entire course that I wanted to do. And it was very, it was very much based on the... Um, on the live one. I mean, I knew exactly how to teach this. I even knew all the little funny jokes I would say and which ones worked and which ones didn't. So I just used the same ones. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just banged it out. Um, and it took me about three months, I think, to, mm -hmm. to go through the whole thing. I did half of it in my friend's basement and the other half at my friend's house that I was house sitting for and, uh, cranked it out. So then I had, um, Man, I think I had something like 35 chapters of this first. I way over-delivered. <laughs> I was charging like almost no money for it. I was charging like $137 for this thing. And it was uh, maybe a little, actually maybe a little less. I think I was charging $97. And people that I know now, you know, the Amy Porterfields of the world, are, she was like, this is like a $500, easily yeah. $500 product. I didn't know better. But um, I did it and my intention was I wanted to sell 50 of them in a month because that would be $5,000 of essentially passive income during the course of the month. And, and my, when I announced this thing in my first like three hours, I did something like 62 sales. So I was so excited that I blew through my month in like a couple of hours. Now, had it sustained that, I'd be on an island in Fiji right now, but it didn't. <laughs> that was, it was still exciting just to do and, and that people wanted it, you know? So your first launch was, I think, roughly about 10 grand, right? I think it probably did... Just I might have done twenty actually. Um, it might have done twenty eventually, you know, in the in the next three years, mm -hmm. and then I just refined it again in two thousand uh, and thirteen, and then it did another. Oh man, I don't know, another fifteen or something, fifteen or so. So I think it was pretty successful for not having ever done it before, you know. Right, and I don't. It's not really something that you're doing. You're not doing webinars about it. You're not, you know, really heavily marketing. In one of your Facebook no, groups, and no. you told me about it, and I've heard about some of it on your, you know, on your show. But I think that it illustrates to people that you had an iPhone and like a thirty-some odd dollar mic, and you were able to put together a course because it was material that you knew. You pulled from what you already had and your own experience and what you had been already teaching people and being paid to do, and you productized it and put it online. And over the past three years. You probably made, I don't know, close to 50 grand from it without having to really do anything else in its passive income. Yeah. And, and you know, just last October, I, um, w one of the method, 
for me, the, the best method for me is to connect with one of the, the some people in, if it's a network marketing company, one of the people that's doing really well, like one of the millionaires, mm-hmm. and talk to them about it and, and, um, and then get on some calls with them and say, hey, we're doing a special if you guys get on this. So I did that in, in uh, October, and that was like another six or $7,000 bump because it was like a, you know, we, I did a super special price for them, and we all did it as a group. So I did three coaching calls for their team where we went over like, you know, the first, first five chapters and the second call, we did the next five, the third and did the next five. But so the time investment was not much and it was just a quick, it was a quick chunk, um, of, of, uh, of cash, which was nice. Yeah. Now, but, but yeah. Now I had a question. What, what else do you do outside of podcasting? Well, uh, like for a business or just for fun? What well, are you asking? Well, for business. For a business. Um, well, uh, I have obviously the podcast, which is, which has monetized, so it has. Um, All right, congratulations have, on that. That was nice. Go, Daddy. Yeah, that was cool. But you can monetize a podcast without having a full sponsor like that too. So, um, but yeah, Go, Daddy was the first kind of one to really step up to the plate. But you can do. Um, I had a the podcast affiliate thing from Audible right when I started. So, and that's a a CTA. So that's a or CPA rather. So. Um, if somebody does their little, uh, 30 day trial, then I get $15 from it. So it's not like a big, it's not like a big chunk, but you know, you get a few of those, get mm-hmm. a couple hundred during the course of the month and that's turns into some real money. Um, but, uh, so that was one piece. And then the next piece is I started a group mastermind called solo lab. And the idea behind that was let me, let me bring a bunch of people that are like-minded into this one sort of homogenized group where I can speak to them. Um, I can train them and coach them on the things that I know how to do and they can be part of this very motivating community. So, uh, I started that in December and I have about 40 of the slots filled for that right now, right, right around there somewhere, 40 out of a hundred. I'm, I'm capping it at a hundred because, uh, it just gets too hard to manage, I think, because what I'm doing for everybody is I'm actually doing two free coaching calls in mm-hmm. addition to them being part of Solo Lab, which I wasn't originally going to do, but I really enjoy them. So I've got this group mastermind thing. And then I also have um, I, I started doing private coaching in January. So I have three out of four private coaching clients uh, that that are um, that are sort of on a monthly retainer. And I help them with their businesses. And then every once in a while, I'll take on another gig. Like I'll do some podcast consulting where I'll help someone set up their studio and I'll teach them what they need to do and that kind of thing. Um, I still produce a show called The Mechanic to Millionaire with Dave MacArthur. So um, I, do the, I do all the web and social media stuff and do all the production for that show. And then uh, I play drums on the side. So I get paid for that every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I actually um, I saw an audition. I saw a couple auditions. Actually, I've listened to all of them. But you did a cover for um, uh, what was the name of the dog on Heaven's? What was it? What was it? Was it um, Heaven? Heaven? Heaven's heaven. sake until you come around. It was like an old, an older one. I think it was probably uploaded a year ago. And then you did um, one. I actually wrote this one down. It was a uh, directions and uh, oh yeah, directions and groove. Yeah, yeah with Mike Johnson. Yeah, that was actually really nice. That was actually a uh, that was a weird one because I had at, we had just had lunch. I was at his, uh, this guy named Mike Johnston, um, from mikeslessons.com. He has a gorgeous studio in Sacramento and he's like a, he's a pretty big deal. I mean, just if you're a drummer, he's on the cover of this month's modern drummer magazine and he's a really nice guy, but he's really brought, um, 
sort of an online business and teaching to a whole new level. And I stopped up because I wanted to see a studio. We had lunch. I said, hey, dude, would you mind if I shot a video? And he said, no, not at all. And so we went to a studio. I had zero time on his drums, zero time to warm up. He was just like, okay, go. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. So it was like wearing someone else's shoes and being asked to run a race really quick <laughs> with no warm up. No, it was actually really good. I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is nice. Well, his studio is cool, so it's tough to tough to beat. I'm like, yes, yeah. it was fun. It was a it was a good time. It was a little bit of a hero. Right, right. No, that's awesome. So, Thank how, you. how did you make the connection with Mike? Uh, well, I'm a drummer. You know, I've been a drummer my whole life. And and um, when I let's see, how did I? Oh, you know what it was? I was producing another show. I had a, another show that I did for a couple of years, and I saw what he had done online, and I was so impressed by it that I said, dude, I would love to interview you on this other show that we were doing. And he said, that would be great. So we connected at NAM, which is the, um, the big music trade show in Anaheim, uh, in January every year. Mm -hmm. And I met him and I said, dude, I really want you to do this show. And he's like, I'm in, let me know what I got to do. And so we connected that way. And then he and I, he was actually a lot of the inspiration for why I started my own show. Um, he and I became friends after that because we started talking about doing a podcast and, and how fun would it would be. We're going to do a podcast called Learn to Learn with Mike and Mike. And um, <laughs> it was going to be fun. But he was so busy being like a big shot drummer guy that that it was really hard to track down, you know, on a regular basis. He was really hard to kind of like schedule in. So that's why we ended up um, that's why I do the, the co-host concept with my show. So versus having people that I'm just sort of straight interviewing, people can pop in and out whenever they want. If you know whether they have something to promote or not, and they can just be co-hosts. We can just talk about what we're going to talk about. So that's what I like about. Uh, but he was kind of the reason behind that idea. Right now, that's awesome. I um, I always wondered how you made that playing a band together. I couldn't really find anything anything <laughs> on the internet about. I'm like, did he like play with this guy? Because I, I know about him. Band. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, it would be cool. But yeah, he's a really great guy, and and, and uh, he loves teaching more than he loves you know playing live. So it's pretty cool. So what's something that you would recommend to somebody do? Because you know one of the things that I talk to a lot of bloggers, and most bloggers have this this difficulty in understanding how to monetize a website. And I've looked at your website, you know, ever since it started, and I think you do a well, a really good job of monetizing, not necessarily with a sponsor, but just overall. And I, I like the way you frame it when you talk about it. You know, I've listened to an episode of your show, and you talk about, I think, it, I think you relate it to things that people can understand. So if you have a product or you're part of an affiliate program, like with Audible, and it's 15 bucks a sale, and you get, you know, three or four of those. That's enough to pay maybe a cell phone bill. And I like the way you frame it that way. What, what, what would you recommend somebody start with? Well, I like it. I mean, think about all the things you use on a regular basis, uh, all the different products and, and, uh, and tools that you use or you've purchased. And I like to go to all of those websites and see if they have some kind of affiliate program because it's really easy for me to just be like, hey, go, you know, go blah, 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 go buy this or go do that. But unless I've actually used it myself and I know exactly how well it works and I can talk about some of the nuance of it, uh, 
it doesn't really hold water, you know? And so I think that if you can, um, uh, the, the, the thing about when people buy, most people like 95% trust peer recommendations over advertising. Mm -hmm. So if you can use something and then show someone how to use it in a very unique way, like in fact, I do that very same thing with a, there's a product I use all the time called tweet adder. And I have this total tweet adder technique that I use for my podcast and then for my other businesses that most people don't have. And so if I shoot a little video and show people how to use that, people just end up buying the software. It's the same thing Pat Flynn did with his uh, Bluehost. He shows someone how to set up a blog in like four minutes, and now he does like $20,000 a month with Bluehost. Yeah, so he's killing it on Bluehost. He just crushes it. So it's, um, it's like one of those things that if you can find, um, as you refine your own process, and you can kind of look into, oh, this is what I'm doing to be really efficient on this, or this is really working for me, and that uh, piece of software happens to have an affiliate program, well, then you're in. Then all you got to do is tell people about it. So that's what I do. Is, you know, I do that, and maybe I'll share some videos. I think the number one thing for all of this, so all the questions you just asked, is you need to build your network as big as you can. So when you're on Facebook and you have people that are friend requesting you, mm -hmm. you accept those friend requests. And I want you to do that until you get to about 4,700 people. And then you can start being more discerning about who you're, who you're uh, accepting. I mean, unless it's clear that they're completely off their rocker or they're fake <laughs> or they're in a country where they've written a language you don't understand. Uh, people are innocent until proven creepy. So let them, let, them, uh, let them be creepy first. But you really want to build that network as big as you possibly can because when you do launch your blog, you do launch your podcast, or you do have something that you want to share with affiliate sales, you're going to have a few thousand people to talk to versus a few hundred. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, and it's not something I think that will do naturally because they don't want to scare people off. Yeah, I think that's very true. Uh, and and I, for me, it's always harder to get somebody who have actually wanted to friend me than it is for me to go, oh, these guys are crazy. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, like to, for them to like look at you and go, oh, this person seems interesting. I'm going to click friend. That's kind of a that's a big deal, I think, to most people. Now, do you search out people on Facebook or do you let them find you? Um, not anymore. I'm I've now sort of uh, I've slowed down. <laughs> Excuse me. I've slowed down. Wow, it's the first cough. I've, done, I've managed to go 25 minutes. Yeah, you um, uh, but yeah, I've coughed a bunch more, but you just didn't hear any of them. Um, I, I've, I'm slowing down now because I am at about 4,700, so I'm being a little more discerning about who I'm, who I'm saying yes to. Mm -hmm. um, I think having the podcast is, is uh, obviously, it's, you get sort of some weird level of like Z-level celebrity notoriety. So people start friending you out of the blue, which I don't mind, actually, because I, I feel like every single one of those people could be a potential listener. They could be a potential solo lab member. They could be a potential private. In fact, one of that literally just happened this morning is that somebody connected with me. We chatted a little bit. I you know, love the podcast. He told me a bit about what he's doing. And I say, hey, you know, you might you might. Uh, he goes, what do you think I should do? I said, well, you know, you've got this is kind of a big launch. It's your first thing. You might think about joining solo lab and, and connecting with us. And he did. It was like, all right, sweet. And so that's that for me is how it's supposed to work. It's yeah, not me awesome. sort of it's not me reaching out and like driving down their throat, oh you gotta do this and it's gonna make your business better and blah blah blah. Feature, feature, feature. It's hey, you know what, we can actually help you launch your business better. It's a benefit. It's a we can you can surround yourself with some people that are motivated like you are. So that's uh that's what I think um, being able to connect and build relationships and the only way you can do that is to have your network as large as, as you can.
Yeah, you know, in listening to your show, you do um, find your swing episodes with uh, most of the time. I think you've done like two or maybe three of them with Don. Uh, Don eight Mars? of them. We've, oh, we've done oh, eight. Wow. Yeah. I, then I've, mi- I've missed a couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I think you're really good at helping people figure out what what it is that they want to do. Well, you know, that's actually a, a, it's a good point. Um, this is one of those things that I had no idea was going to exist when I started the show. It was, and, and, and in fact, I had no idea that that was part of my, my skill set. I mean, I guess I sort of knew it in some ways, but I didn't realize that it was going to, um, that it was going to manifest in the way it did. I, I just, some people ask some questions and I happen to be able to go, Oh, okay. And I, after I did it a few times, I was like, Oh, I'm actually I'm pretty good at this. I can, I'm pretty good at I know more about a lot of disparate things than I realized I did. So, like, this could actually work. I can actually give people some value. Um, and sometimes it's worth exactly what they pay for it, which is nothing. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, but they're really fun and people love them. So, we've done eight of them now. And the Find Your Swing podcast is going to be its own little entity uh, as soon as I get around to it. You know, it's I was going to ask you about that. I'm like, are you going to do just a find your swing podcast? Because it's really, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, at least eight, just at least, uh, at least new and noteworthy for eight weeks. That'd be good. There you go. You know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I've noticed that um, it's becoming a little bit more popular to do the uh, short form podcast. Yeah, well, mine aren't short form, but yeah, that's definitely a the little ask Pat kind of vibe. Uh huh. Yeah, maybe I'll take the find your swing and make it an individual episode. Yeah, that or Grammar Girl, like Grammar Girl does those quick quick and dirty tips, that whole yeah. set of podcasts. I've noticed that it's an entire brand. I've actually, I was talking to Money Girl at a uh, conference I met her at a few months ago, and that's the the whole concept behind it is quick, actionable tips that people can take action on and do stuff with, and they're that's popular cool. because they don't take a lot of time. Yeah, that's very cool. Love it. Very interesting. So what's what's on the forefront for you? I know you've got some things that you've been talking about that you're going to be launching soon. Well, I've got, um, like I said, I've got a couple of new podcasts that I that I want to get out and get those things going. I'm desperately trying to get to, um, I'm trying to get to a certain level with the show where um, I think that level for me, the next sort of big level up is to get about 100,000 downloads a month. Mm-hmm. Um, this month I'm going to, probably get to about 70 i hope my fingers are crossed for 70 um and i'm if i get i know if i get one more advertiser uh which i'm also trying to do um then i've legitimately built a six-figure podcast business in six months so that's the thing I, i i really want that to be part of the story i want that to be part of the narrative so I'm working on that. And the thing is with podcast advertising, you're basically getting paid to do something you're already doing. So it's like there's there's not a lot more work. There's just money for it, the work you're putting in. Um, so I've got that I'm really working on. I've got a new product that I'm uh, going to be coming out with in, I don't know, hopefully a couple months, which is a um, going to be kind of a, it's sort of an advanced podcaster's toolkit, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I've been... The social media thing. There's a a really cool company that, out of Canada that wants to um, wants to use my social media course as kind of their base training for all of their athletic trainers and stuff. So oh, I'm going nice. to be probably creating a a version of the course just for them, and that'll be fun because I think they're going to be doing a lot of live shows, and it'll be fun to go and do some speaking. So that's kind of what I have going on. That's 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 at least in the short future. 
of what I want to do. No, that's pretty sweet. So are you going to start off with the the speaking career a little bit more now? I would love that, man. I, I, I love, um, I, I mean, that's, that's my, that's my favorite. I love to go scope places and do presentations. So I hope so. I hope people, you know, want to continue to, to have me speak at their events for sure. Yeah. You That'd were great fun. at new media expo. That was a, it was a, it was a good session. One of the better ones that I went to. Thanks. It was uh it was weird because I, uh, there wasn't a lot of, um, the, uh, advertising for it was a little weird. My name wasn't anywhere. And it was just, I was so, I was hoping to have a fully packed room. It wasn't quite, but it was still, I think a really good, it, it, it weirdly went completely flawlessly. So that was fun. Cause yeah, it could have, uh, it could have totally gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Totally... You dragged Nick Unsworth in like right at the last minute, right? No, Nick and I were going to work on that for a while, but just the fact that there was a, um, I was doing a live podcast, which no one had ever done at New Media Expo. Mm -hmm. I, I was doing a live show and then having it published on the spot. Like, so by the time people left, it was on iTunes. So they were like on the show as they left. And that was, that was sort of the, uh, that was, that was sort crazy. of the crazy part. Yeah. But it worked. Worked great. No, it, w it went off without a hitch. Well, I'll tell you what, um, one of the things about the podcast, um, people say they like is the fact that it is conversational. And I yeah. got inspired by you when I first heard your podcast because I like the flow of it. Thank you right. for that. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for uh, carrying the torch. Yeah, man, you know. It's good. I've been inspired. <laughs> I like that. My um, Inspiration is how, what drives great business. <laughs> That's right. My proudly, proudly unemployable shirt always gets That's questions right. every time I, I wear it. Good. That's how it should be. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for having me. I really uh, appreciate it. Well, Michael, thanks so much for coming on to the show. All right, man. Talk to you thanks. soon. All right, so that was that was amazing. That was fun. A little bit shorter episode. Was trying out a couple little things, you know, at the time I recorded the episode. So, you know, a couple things I wanted to cover. Michael actually has made the hundred thousand plus downloads for a show. So when this was recorded, he was at right at about seventy thousand. I mean, that is amazing. He's he's been you know just moving and shaking. His podcast has reached six figures now. So congratulations, Michael. That is just an awesome achievement. And he has been invited into the Integrity Network, which is a network of top performing shows on iTunes. So he's in there with the likes of John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, Lewis Howes, and a bunch of other just top stellar podcast. So congratulations, Michael, on having one of the top podcasts on all of iTunes and on Stitcher because he's moving up there in the ranks in Stitchers too. But I mean, iTunes is, you know, that is the de facto authority when it comes to podcast and he's right up there at the top. So just wanted to wish Michael some congratulations on that. So do congratulations. Really proud of all of the achievements that you've made. And for, you know, reaching that six figure podcast, you know, moniker, that is, that is awesome. So in this episode, we were talking about, you know, social media and your business and, you know, some of the things you should do as far as your business is concerned. And I think we covered some really important things, but one of the things, you know, the takeaways that I got from this is that you should take the talents that you have, understand what they are, and then apply them to what you're doing or what it is that you want to do. And it's not that difficult. You just have to take action and do it. And I think that's the lesson that we can learn from this particular episode. So, guys, I'm uh, going to get out of here. This one is not very long. I wanted to keep it short because we've got some exciting stuff coming up for you in the next episode. There's going to be a huge, huge announcement, huge milestone for me in that episode, for the show. 18 episodes in, and I've got a 
really big surprise for you. So I am, uh, I'm really happy about that. Also, I wanted to thank you guys for the reviews, the iTunes reviews. Keep them coming. It definitely helps helps us get up there in the rankings. We had a record month for March, and I'm definitely looking for another record month in April as far as downloads is concerned. And it is vitally important that you guys download the show, and you will find out in the next episode. So, guys, I will see you in the next episode. So, all right, take it easy until then. Bye-bye.